Good evening to each one. The Lord brought something to my mind in my little story that I told this morning that is very important. When we were standing in the O'Reilly Auto Parts store, the man directly in front of us had a t-shirt on with a Bible verse on the back of it. And this Beth lady had to read that. There's just no question about it. And I don't remember exactly what it said, but it said something about the Lord directing our lives or guiding us in our lives. And I believe that God put that young man in front of us that day. And with what all her and I discussed and with maybe with what that verse uh, said might have made an impression on her life. We hope so and trust that's what's happened. Well, um, like Dwayne said, I got my months mixed up. I was supposed to do this a month ago, I thought, but uh, I got the dates wrong. But um, What I'd like to talk about tonight is what does the Church of Jesus Christ look like? And that's maybe a pretty big question. Um, The Church of Jesus Christ, well, number one, it's not a building. We talk about that in our Sunday school class this morning. It's not a building. It's people. People make up the Church of Jesus Christ. And... um, we look back on time and um, we think we, we know from history that some of our forefathers uh, were burned at the stake for their beliefs. And we know that they met in caves and they met in uh, forests, um, in barns. They met in secret. They met in homes. Wherever um, they could find uh, safety <clears throat> during, especially maybe, well, yeah, through in times of persecution. Um, just in, in our, in my short life, uh, I remember David Bontrager went to Russia a lot and, and was... Uh, instrumental in encouraging those men that were in the underground church. And that sort of thing is still going on. Um, I just read, um, I forget, was it the World Magazine or something? It's a uh, Christian-based thing, a magazine. And it was talking about the church in Afghanistan and those Christians there are meeting in secret for fear of their lives. And um, as we sit here this evening, as I look back over my life, there wasn't a day, or a Sunday I should say, that we didn't go to church except uh, bad weather. And... And uh, the song leader got up and led songs, and the, a person opened the service with devotions, and the minister brought a message. 
And it's been, that's what I know the last, um, how old am I? (laughs) The last is, my earliest memory is when I'm two. So when I was two, I remember when my brother Bob was born, or maybe I was three then, yeah. So, and I, you know, I remember how church was done all my life. And it was done basically the same way as we do it today. But if I would go to, um, let's say, Russia, like I talked about Russia and, and uh, Siberia, that's in Russia, um, or Afghanistan or uh, Turkey, or there are, there have been Christians in every nation in the world since, I think I'm safe in saying that, since time began. And depending on their situation, they met differently than what we are accustomed to today. We uh, don't, we've never experienced real persecution where we had to uh, meet in secret or uh, sneak back into a woods and, and have a baptismal service like I remember reading one time <clears throat> happened in Russia years ago. And um, so to each of those people that went through persecution, their view of church would be a lot different than mine. So as I <clears throat> looked into this and um, the... The church in the New Testament began in Acts is where it began. And there were a lot of people, a number of people gathered there. And I believe it says maybe there was like 5,000 added to the church in one day. That's a lot of people. So, uh, and then the the events that took place there, they saw... um, tongues of fire on their heads and when the Holy Spirit came and entered into man. <clears throat> so the, the early church, I would call it, was very flexible. Um, here in Philemon, uh, <clears throat> in the second verse, it lists some names there. I'll let Dwayne pronounce those. (laughs) I'm not good at pronouncing names either. But it says at the end of that verse, and it says, And to the church in thy house, talking to Philemon, the church in thy house. There were house churches back then. And there were, the Pharisees had the established church of the day. But these people were not of the Pharisee brand. So they met met separately, and they rubbed shoulders, though. Jesus rubbed shoulders, and the disciples rubbed shoulders with the Pharisees. And and there's other scriptures, maybe I'll touch on those later, that uh, talked of uh, the church at so-and-so's house. And that is still, here in the last maybe 20 years, that has gained a little more popularity 
for what reason, I'm not sure exactly, but um, <clears throat> I, I find no fault in them for doing that, if that's what the Lord is asking them to do. <clears throat> so the early church was flexible. They met um, in homes, and as I already said, in barns and forests, and um, where they felt they could meet uh, in safety. And another thing we uh, need to understand is that the Church of Jesus Christ is non-denominational, for sure. <clears throat> there are so many different denominations. I'm a little amused, as I, and there's other churches that have the same names that are different names, but there's one at Dunlap that says, um, I should have wrote it down, but the Church of God in Jesus Christ Mennonite. I believe is the way it's stated. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of group gathers there, but it's just interesting. And you hear, you know, the Amish Mennonites and, and uh, the Beachy Mennonites and <clears throat> whatever all that means, I don't know. But it was all man's idea, those denominations. So... <clears throat> The church of Jesus Christ is the only church. And if we're not part of that church, we're in big trouble on uh, Redemption Day. So um, someone said that a healthy church is a messy church. And I thought about that for, I've heard that, well, I heard it probably a couple months ago. And... <clears throat> My wife uh, and I went to visit a man that had COVID pretty bad, her uncle, Herman. And he, he got uh, talking about David Wilkerson's. He was, he, he's been listening. This has been back in March, probably, or February. He said he's been listening to David Wilkerson's messages. And that kind of surprised me that he would listen to those. And so I listened to a few of them. And... <clears throat> David Wilkerson preached the gospel, and and then we read we read the story the cross and the switchblade, and how those, how David reached those men on the streets, those young men, and they were involved in all kinds of junk, drugs, and all kinds of things that goes along with that, alcohol. And those people started coming into his church. What would we do if that would happen today? Now we live in a we live in a totally different situation than what David Wilkerson had there in New York. Um, I mean, those people were like savages. They they didn't know anything about God. A lot of them, and and um, I think the first convict. Conversion. First man that was converted to Christianity in his church, I think, was um, now his now his name slips my mind. <laughs> Nicky Cruz. Yes, thank you. He was a vicious man. Uh, if you read the book, he was off the charts. He was angry at everything that moved, <clears throat> and he got saved. 
And it would be interesting to see how it all transpired and uh, how, how David uh, mentored him. I don't know how all that went, but um, it was a lot different than what we know today. And it's not that our way isn't right. It's we, all of us, or most of us grew up in a Christian home and uh, <clears throat> we had loving parents and um, parents that honored God and parents that taught us right from wrong. And But Nicky Cruz, he didn't have that. He grew up like a, like a pagan. I don't know if he even knew his parents. I think he basically probably grew up on his own. Survival of the fittest was the name of the game in New York City in the slum areas. <clears throat> so... Um, why is a messy church a healthy church? <clears throat> well, um, Jesus said that, uh, maybe I'll turn to that, John chapter 10. And this will give you a little hint why <laughs> it's a messy church. <clears throat> Chapter 10, verse 8, one verse. All that ever came, came before me are thieves and robbers. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. So that's what Jesus had to deal with. That's what David Wilkerson had to deal with. Immoral young men and women. What a mess. Then Matthew 9 has another little short um, <clears throat> phrase I'd like to look at. <clears throat> oh, yeah, verse 13. Uh, <clears throat> But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, if you think about that a little bit, we were all sinners. We all had the sin nature, didn't we? That's what Jesus has to deal with, is sinners like us. I was just as much of a sinner as Nicky Cruz. No, I didn't do all the things that Nicky did, but the Bible says if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. <laughs> so I was just as bad as Nicky Cruz. And uh, I don't know what um, David Wilkerson had to deal with as far as how they... Look, you know, those, uh, did they have tattoos back then? Probably very few of them had tattoos back then. <clears throat> and um, I, I got a call here several years ago from a young man that, or I, yeah, young man, he was, he was my age, and we went to school together at Union Center. And 
He was a Mexican boy, and he and I were good friends, and we had a lot of fun in school together. Well, well, this has probably been 10 years ago. He called, all of a sudden, one day I got a call, and here it was Rick. And, and I don't know why, I don't know how he got his, my phone number, but he did. He said, I go by your place every day going to work. And so we talked, and I said, I said, Rick, I said, why don't you come to church some Sunday or come to church? And he said, oh, he said, no. No, he said, I am covered with tattoos from uh, everywhere. And that's what he used for his excuse. But, you know, and I find myself doing this, too, just a week ago or two weeks ago, we were all day shopping, my wife and I were, and, and there was this family. It's a little confusing to me who was what in that family, but the young man um, had, well, like they used to in Africa, big holes in their ears down here and big uh, wood plugs in there, and, and he had probably six studs coming out of his lower lip, and and his tongue and his ears were loaded with him. And, um, and his wife, I assume it's his wife, was the same way. And, you know, I had this temptation to stare. Maybe that's what Rick sensed in his life. Maybe he had been in church one time and people stared at him. And <clears throat> that drove him away. <clears throat> I can kind of identify with that. Years ago, before I was married, I was working for a dairy farmer, and uh, one of his friends was selling his cows, and, and we, uh, my boss invited me to go along over to get these cows ready for auction. And I walked in there, and there was, I don't know, a dozen young men my age standing around there and they didn't know me and I really didn't know them and I thought I must be from Mars or something they just stared at me and stared at me and I just felt about as uncomfortable as I I'd have left if I could have it was just it was not a good thing and I that's always stuck with me don't stare at people uh, if they look different than you do. But, you know, like that day in Aldi, it was really hard for me not to really stare at the guy. And and I don't know if it was his mom and dad, they were older, but they looked sort of the same way, had studs coming out of their ears and their lips and their tongue. And and you just, where are these people from? You know, that used, when I was a boy, um, my uncle, Clay Brubaker, uh, Brubaker Strawberry Farm, in the winter, he would go fox hunting. He had a crew and a, a group of guys, and my dad was in on that somewhat. He didn't do a lot of it, but they would go fox hunting, and at the end of the year, would, they would sell all the pelts, and then they'd have a, a, a dinner or a supper. And I remember one year they uh, invited Roger Hahn, who would go over to Africa and hunt. Uh, big game and he showed pictures after the meal and I remember those savages now we would call them savages back then they had these big holes in their ears with wood plugs in them and were eating um, cockroaches and 
um, termites and just like we eat candy today, you know. And we called them savages. Now, here they are today in our very own neighborhoods. Um, and so, um, do we stare? Do we tend to, tend to do that um, to those that look a lot different? To those that never knew a loving parent or never knew of Jesus. Never went to Bible school as a child even, maybe. <clears throat> Do we stare at them? That, that is something I think that will really drive uh, people away. <clears throat> well, um, as I thought of this, uh, of course there's, there's uh, seven churches that are listed in uh, Revelations. And I, I went through that list and if I remember right every one of those seven churches had something wrong if I remember right the church at Ephesus had lost their first love the church at Smyrna it wasn't so bad but it seemed to be some dishonesty. Jews calling, people calling themselves Jews, but they really were not, if I interpreted that right. But they were, uh, <clears throat> the writer was, I think, warning them of tribulation that was to come. And they were rich spiritually, but there was, there was this little leaven, I guess you would call it, of dishonesty. And in Pergamos, a stumbling block because of committing fornication and other things. And then uh, Thyra Tyra, false teaching, immorality, eating animals sacrificed to idols. Sardis looked alive but was dead. They were sleepy. <clears throat> None seemed to be genuine. Philadelphia, weak but trying. Dishonesty by some. <clears throat> and Laodicea, that is very familiar, at least to me. They were lukewarm <clears throat> and they had a need for nothing as far as spiritual spirituality. They didn't think they needed anything. <clears throat> and they were <clears throat> of great need. <clears throat> um, let's turn to First uh, Corinthians thirteen. I mean, First Corinthians one. Some of this uh, chapter, beginning at verse 1, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Seth the Neus, 
our brother, even or unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> well, um, down in verse um, 10, let's start reading there. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. In other words, be united. Uh, we're not going to all think alike because, like, this morning with the talk about um, gifts was, and, and people with different gifts think differently than that, each other. But yet the common goal is to save souls. So that's what Paul, I think, is alluding to here. <clears throat> and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chol, I, I can't pronounce that, and that there are contentions among you. And the problem was, and I'll read on here at verse 12, now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, and I of uh, Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Cyprus and Gaius. So they, they were holding different men up uh, than what should have, they should have been doing, and there were divisions among them. And that's not the only church where the Bible talks about that. Um. <clears throat> Let's go to 2 Corinthians. So, um, yeah, verse... Twenty and twenty-one. For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envies, wrath, strifes, backbiting, whispers, swelling, swellings, tumults, and lest when I come again my God shall humble me among you, and that I shall bewail. Many which have sinned already and have not repented of uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Does the church of Jesus Christ sound to you like it's a messy situation? It does. And you know, as I was studying this, and, and the thought occurred to me that probably three-fourths Am I right? I don't know. Of the Bible is teaching us how to live together in unity. 
Is it James that talks about the tongue and, <laughs> and how it can get us in trouble and how do we need to use it? And, uh, <clears throat> and then um, in uh, <clears throat> Matthew 7, it says, there are wolves among you that are covered in sheep's clothing. Beware of those people. There are wolves among us. Not I. <laughs> Who was that, Peter? It, no, I wouldn't do that. At the, is it, or he said, is it I? Well, <clears throat> the fact is that it's, we are in a war. And Satan is not going to lay down. He's going to keep the pressure on till the last day that he's allowed to do that. <clears throat> Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. And I think Jesus had in mind there the Pharisees. They looked right, but they were 100% wrong. And there are offenses. People get offended in our congregations. A matriarch in a church came up to a lady that had started attending there, and she said, you need to change your veiling if you want to get to heaven. That lady left the church and has never darkened the door of the church since. Sad happening. Who was mature? The matriarch lady did not understand Jesus' way. And Jesus talks about offending those little ones. This lady that was beginning to come to church there, she was little in her stature with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that was more than she could handle, and she left. Who will be held accountable for that? <clears throat> Offenses come. Trouble in the Amen Corner. It was a stylish congregation. You could see they'd been around. And they had the biggest pipe organ of any in town. But over in the Amen Corner of that church sat Brother Iyer. He insisted every Sunday on singing in the choir. His voice was cracked and broken. Age had touched his vocal cords. And nearly every Sunday, he'd get behind and miss the words. Well, at last, the storm cloud burst, and the church was told in vine that Brother Iyer must stop singing his singing, or the choir was going to resign. So the pastor appointed a committee, I think it was three or four, and they got in their big fine car and drove up to Iyer's door. They found the choir's great trouble sitting in an old armchair. And the summer 
and the summer's golden sunbeams lay upon his snow-white hair. Said York, we're here, dear brother, with the vester of approbation to discuss a little matter that affects the congregation. Now it was our understanding when we bargained with the choir that they were to relieve us, that is, they do they do the singing for us. Now we don't want no singing except what we've bought. The newest tunes are all the rage, the oldest ones stand for naught. And so we have decided. Are you listening, Brother Iyer? You'll have to stop your singing. It messes up the choir. <clears throat> the old man raised his head, a sign that he did hear. And on his cheek, the three men caught the glitter of a tear. His feeble hands pushed back the lock as white as silky snow. He answered the committee in a voice both soft and low. I've sung the songs of David nearly 80 years, he said he. They have been my staff and comfort all along life's dreary way. I'm sorry if I disturb the choir. I guess I'm doing wrong. But when my heart is filled with praise, I can't hold back a song. I wonder if beyond the tide that breaks at my feet, in that far-off heavenly temple where my master I shall meet, yes, I wonder if when I try to sing the songs of God up higher, I wonder if they'll kick me out up there from singing in heaven's choir. A silence filled the little room. The old man bowed his head. The committee went back to town, but Brother Ira was dead. Oh, the chorus missed him for a while, but he soon, but he was soon forgot. <clears throat> and a few churchgoers watched the door, but the old man entered not. Far away, his voice is sweet, and he sings his to his heart's desire where there is no church committees or fashionable choirs. This poem came to me as I was reading or studying for this topic. And you know, sometimes uh, we already talked about the things that happen in our congregations in the that our, Paul wrote a lot about um, <clears throat> warning us of jealousy and envy and, and wrath and malice and those uh, backbiting. And people will get, to get shouldered out. You know, we, we call uh, that in cattle when the bigger ones push the younger ones back. And they don't get their proper feed and they don't grow. That could be what happened here to Brother Iyer. Now I recognize that um, as we get older we need to let the younger take their place. That's... 
proper and right <clears throat> if it's done right. If it's done right. And sometimes it isn't, and sometimes it is. So I just had to think of that, <clears throat> that poem. So the Church of Jesus Christ is messy, but the upside of this whole thing, let's turn to Ephesians. Chapter 5. See, let's start at verse 21. Submit yourselves one to another. We'd think this was a a sermon for a wedding. Well, it is. (laughs) Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And this verse I like, verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not with having not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish isn't it amazing that we can have churches with so much problems but yet in the end Jesus is going to have only a church that has no spot or wrinkle it will be perfect because of grace <laughs> Because of grace. If our sins go before, not after. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this shall a man leave his father and mother and shall join unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So it is. Christ has a beautiful bride. It's the church. And he will come for that bride someday, and it will be perfect. She will be perfect. That is what our marriage is to represent, is Christ and the church. And so, there will not be a flaw in that church. And... It's, I'd like to read First um, Thessalonians 4 here in closing.
13 to 18. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others have no, that have, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall come unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the Lord to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, wherefore comfort one another with these words. That is when the church of, the, of God, the church of Jesus Christ, will be raptured out. And as I said before, it is a perfect church without spot or wrinkle. And it's very beautiful. It's, it's just amazing how... Um, God and can work with us messy sinners, how he can cleanse us from all the debauchery and the evil that, uh, yeah, I read this morning how uh, Noah, um, <laughs> oh, uh, God wasn't going to destroy the earth again, but man's thoughts are evil continually. Imaginations, I think it says, and that's that's where we are. But thanks to God's grace, He can in this aid of the Holy Spirit, He nudges us, nudges us every day. I think God nudges me in some area in my life, and uh, I think you could all testify that. We'll turn it over to Dwayne. 